I'm starting to really love the desert and all the mystical things you hear about the desert. This is kind of makes you feel rad. Oh, uh, do you have any stories about your trip? Travel? Where do you go? Um, I'm trying to think if I have anything that's fun, like Arizona. Last summer we went to Arizona. I'm sure if you've been listening to this podcast for this long, you guys know about my ghost encounter. Yeah. This trip, the closest thing to a ghost encounter was going to an outdated wax museum that was John Steinbeck themed. That is pretty crazy. And all the wax figures are completely outdated. And the whole operation was very low rent, shall we say. And there's a lot of maybe outdated things going on. Like there's a brothel scene. The madam has like a speaking thing. So you press a button and then the animatronic wax person starts talking. Oh, geez. And she said something like, a girl's got to know the ropes around here so she doesn't find herself all tied up. That's very funny. And in the brothel, for some reason, there's like, we'll assume they're all sex workers. There's like three or four white women who are like standing and laying on the bed. And then for some reason, the one, maybe in the whole entire wax museum, but the one person of color was just like laying on the floor and did not look as healthy as the other. Oh, geez. That's horrifying. So yeah, that's, that was a horrifying experience we had. Welcome to Sex with Ghost. I'm Bridget here with Molly. Hey guys. So last week I taught Molly about the Paul McCartney is dead conspiracy. So if you haven't heard that, feel free to listen to last week's episode because this week I thought maybe we should go through all the Beatles. So why don't we look at maybe some of the less talked about Beatles, Ringo Starr and George Harrison. I forgot I had this story until just now. When I was younger, I think because I was a weirdo, like much more into the being, uh, what's it called when you're... Anyway, I used to tell people that my favorite Beatle was Ringo. I had totally forgotten about that. I feel like he's the most child-friendly looking one because he's like a tiny man. And his songs are very kid-friendly as well. Oh, yeah. And so in this was a, one of the things I was going to bring up to tell you about him, but he did do children's TV. I am not surprised in the slightest. So it feels natural that you would have that gravitation as a child towards this guy. There are no or not a lot, not a lot of juicy, interesting, in-depth conspiracies on this old guy. But I did find an interesting bit of fun facts. So I thought maybe we could start out with those. Ringo kind of does get a reputation as being the trash beetle. <laughs> and there may be one or two interesting facts in here that you'll see why, but for the most part, he was actually the most liked Beatle when they first came over to the States. 
Interesting. Hmm. That could be it too. So the first fun fact I have is that he supports Brexit. That's too bad. He's quoted as saying, I thought the European Union was a great idea, but I didn't see it going anywhere lately. It sounds like he's just uninformed, but fine, whatever, Ringo. Is he uninformed or is he like a master at PR? I I don't know. Like if I if I keep it less in depth and less like with facts and just keep it as like a mediocre opinion. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Sure. You're not going to ruffle too many feathers, right? Yeah, but you sound like an idiot. Jesus. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I didn't see it going anywhere lately. Completely. Uh, in 2017, he described his impatience for Britain to get on with it, with Brexit, declaring it to be in control of your country is not a good move. Is a good move. So giving great political advice. Oh, yeah. To be in control of your country is a good move. Sorry, I read that wrong. Yes. Deep political advice by Ringo Starr. By your favorite Beatle. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. The next fun fact I have is that he's never eaten pizza, curry, or onions. Oh my gosh. I I am rethinking massively my love of Ringo. He's never eaten pizza. That's the shame of shames. Curry, onions? If he if he said if he included garlic in there, I'd be like, I'm done. Oh yeah, he can't eat garlic either. Of course he can't. Because he has severe food allergies. He is missing out on all the joys in life. Well, that explains why he has dumb Brexit opinions. That's probably true. Ringo was the first Beatle to smoke pot. Allegedly, the Beatles were hanging out with Bob Dylan. There's an exact date. August 28th, 1964, at the Delmonico in New York. Starr was the first to take the hit. Maybe it's because he can't eat pizza, curry, or onions. So he was like, give me that weed, baby. He has to have something (laughs) to bring joy to his life. Oh, well, don't worry. We'll get there. Uh, He's a lefty, but plays a right-handed drum kit. Oh, that seems weird as well. Yeah, I was reading that. So he's born a lefty and then his grandmother, because it's like back when people thought if you're left-handed, you were evil. Sure. Like my grandma used to talk about that. Really? (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, she she didn't have anything against anyone left-handed, but she would talk about when she was in school You'd be forced to write with your right hand. That's uh, that's really rough. I cannot even imagine. But well, no, I'm not. No, I'm not going there. <laughs> I always do that. What? I always feel like you hold back, and then I'm like, what was gonna be said? Uh, I well, no, but I feel like too often I'm like trying to like not like I'm trying to look at all sides of the story. It's like no, there's no need to do that. <laughs> Well, if it's funny. Uh, no, it wasn't funny. It was just, uh, at, at least he is now ambidextrous. There you go. That's good. You could but, say that. Uh, yeah, but it, <laughs> I'm disappointed in myself. I liked it. I, I feel like it adds some depth. So he does most things left-handed, but when it comes to like writing, I guess, more proper things. He does it right-handed. And when he learned to play drums, he learned right-handed. And so some attribute this to why he sounds unique when he plays the drums. I mean, that could be a fair point. Yeah. I mean, you're using the other, I mean, if that opposite 
side of your brain stuff is true. Yeah. Yeah. You're using your other side of your brain. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, the next fact I have is that he was drunk for a while. <laughs> for a while. I think he just started drinking really young. And basically, he didn't go to rehab until 1988. Oh, that's pretty late. So he must have been pretty old at that point. Yeah, I think he was 48. And according to tabloids, so this is a tabloid story. There's not a a lot of uh, hard facts on this one. But he and his wife, Barbara Bach, who was a former Bond girl, Love to party with each other. So one time in 1988, they got so tanked that the housing staff thought the home was burglarized. And Bach was beaten so badly, they thought she was dead. But it turns out it was just the work of two drunks. That's insane. Yeah, he beat the shit out of his wife drunk. Yeah, is he? Are they still together? They're still together. Oh, my. The stunt prompted the two to go to rehab and... I heard another apocryphal story that on his way to rehab, he essentially got super drunk at that last ride in. Well, that's, did he not drink anymore? Or? Uh, yeah. So now he's sober. Actually, I just read an article that it was like from a few years ago, like when he was 76. So my next fun fact is that he's actually 80 years old, but like four years, four or five years ago, he was going to go on tour again. And he preemptively went into rehab to prepare for the tour. Wow. That's first going 75 going on tour is crazy. Yeah. And second, <laughs> preemptively going to rehab is hilarious. Well, and it's, it's a sign of wealth too. Yeah. I think. Cause you know, it's like, it's not like a, you're in trouble rehab. It's yeah. like a rich person. It's like a spa rehab. Yeah. Like you probably talked to some counselors, but it's a lot right, of spa right. time. I mean, you could also just be like, been a normal person and like called his therapist or something but yeah he went the full-blown yeah I mean I, I what a crazy crazy man so he's about to be 81 in July and he is the oldest Beatle even though he joined the band last so how old was he when the Beatles started or when he joined the Beatles yeah when he joined the Beatles I think he was already sorry this is a dumb question that just requires dumb math you're fine i'm just trying to get a picture you know oh yeah he was like okay so he joined in 62 oh wow that's a lot later than the initial that's five years after formation yeah and he was he would have been 22 but all the other guys at that time were like in their late teens i believe wow that's pretty crazy late teens maybe maybe still like around 20 sure so he's not like wildly older although like i said we'll be talking about our other pal george harrison and he was i think he was born in 48 so eight eight year difference and he was already in the band but according to wikipedia it was still before beatlemania yeah yeah so as far as like mainstream people are aware he's the only one yeah i definitely didn't know that it was so late he came near death multiple times as a kid, earning the nickname Lazarus. So he was diagnosed with tuberculosis at the age of 13 years old. And then he got appendicitis at six years old. And the removal of his appendix actually set him into a 10-day coma. 
Wow. Uh, that doesn't happen nowadays, right? I don't know. That's a, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. That's pretty severe. I also think that appendicitis, please anyone <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong here, but I think it's something that now gets treated pretty quickly. Yeah. Like if you go into the hospital and you have any sort of signs, they'll run the test just to cross off the list. Whereas like, I think back then it was like, he has a tummy ache. What do we do? Yeah, it could be anything. Yeah. Oh no. And so then it becomes more Jeez. dangerous. Right. If you wait on the treatment, that is very scary. Also tuberculosis. Wow. Yeah. Good old TB, baby. That's such a weird one because TB is very, I don't know, is this a oversimplification, but kind of reminds me a lot of COVID. Like, seems like some people kind of go over it quick and then there's people who have long-term effects of it. Yeah, that's true. That makes a lot of sense, which is why it makes it quite scary because then if you're trying to avoid those very scary effects and then someone comes along and says, well, you're overreacting. It's like, well, I would really prefer not to have brain damage, but thanks. Call me old fashioned. I'd like to protect this noggin. Speaking of COVID, he was doing the elbow thing before coronavirus. Because of his heavy health history, he stopped shaking hands years ago. That's not totally surprising to me. I feel like I've heard of other old dudes who do that especially if you're obviously in the privileged class where no one's going to give you marks for not shaking someone's hand. But it is nice that they're able to do that. Yeah. Because I personally, I'm, I'm one person who would prefer not to shake hands anymore. Oh, definitely. The whole handshaking thing, I mean, I guess it makes sense, but you'd think after even the flu... That people would have been like, maybe we don't need to shake hands. I would prefer not to get sick again. I mean, it's it's a preference. It is, truly. So now that you're kind of familiar with at least two out of the four Beatles, I thought it would be fun to do one of your famous quizzes. Oh, but I'll be giving you the quiz, baby. Excellent. So I've shared my screen here with Molly. She can see what the options are, but we will do our best to describe the questions and the options. So the first question I have for Molly is favorite color. And your choices are green, red, blue, or And this is going to tell me which beetle I should like. No, which beetle, which member of the Beatles are you? Oh, are you most oh. like? I gotcha. Okay. So you will find... Out if Ringo Starr yes, this is good. really truly is your match. Okay, sounds good. All right, go back to colors. Uh, yes. So favorite color, green, red, blue, or purple? I'm going to go with the hard one. I'm going to go with green on this one. Now it says pick a song. Every little thing, help, here, there, and everywhere, rain. Okay, you can tell I'm not a Beatles fan because I only know one of those songs. So I think I'm going to have to go with it, which may screw up the answers a little bit, but I will go with Help. Ooh, do you know who wrote Help? No, I don't. That is, I believe, a Ringo Starr song. Hey! I mean, it, 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 his songs are very catchy. And it, the original name, I didn't read any real articles about this, but it was one that kept popping up in my research. 
which I guess whatever the original title of the song was, the Beatles were like, this song sucks. And then <laughs> they added help and they were like, no, this song is the best. Interesting. That's kind of fun. Help. I need somebody. Help. Not just anybody. Help. You know, I need someone. Help. So now it says pick a pet. And we have a puppy that is, is that a, a like a tiny pug? Yeah, it looks like it kind of. And a calico cat. Yep. And just kind of a regular looking kitty with stripes and a golden retriever looking dog. All right. The one that speaks to me the most is the the cat with stripes because it is looking into the camera, very intense looking into my soul. Oh, that's adorable. So our next choice here is pick a gem. And we have amethyst, ruby, opal, pearl. Hmm. think I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to. I feel like this is giving. Uh, I haven't. I haven't done one of these in a really long time. I'm going to go with pearl. That's a good choice. You know, Ariana Grande had a pearl in her wedding ring. Or maybe that was her engagement ring. I Yeah, actually, I've thought about that as well. What type of friend are you? Ooh, the peacemaker, the peacemaker, the advice giver, the positive one, the shoulder to cry on. Definitely the peacemaker. Which quote speaks to you? Always the last day of anything is the first of something new. Being honest may not get you a lot of friends, but it'll get you the right ones. It's being here now that's important. There's no past and there's no future. All there is ever is the now. You either kiss the past or the future goodbye. Uh, Pretty dark. I think that there's a couple that I like, but I think the one that is most inspiring is always the last day of anything is the first day of something new. This is like all stuff I would expect from four guys from Liverpool. Yeah. Which describes you best? Affectionate, reserved, party animal, philosophical. I guess I'm going to have to go with reserved, which kind of sucks. (laughs) Oh my God. You're John Lennon. Well, that's exciting. You're the leader. You fight for what you believe in, no matter how controversial your beliefs may be. You're the voice for peace, love, and equality. You try the best to resolve conflict and believe that love is the cure for all. That's not surprising. Actually, that seems very accurate. (laughs) You check all those boxes. Now that I, yeah, now that I'm looking at it in hindsight. (laughs) That's fun. Um, Maybe you're the reincarnation of John Lennon. He was... Was he not alive when I was born? No, he died in 1980, which maybe we'll talk about that next week. Okay. Okay. I didn't realize it was that early, but I mean, it makes sense. I I did not know. (laughs) You have an old soul, Molly. Perhaps. So now I'm going to tell you some stuff about George Harrison. Mostly, I did find an interesting story about George Harrison that I think maybe most people are not familiar with. Maybe some people are, if you are, feel free 
to enjoy this rendition of the story, but it's something that I did not realize had happened. And I think it would be happened in 1999. So old enough to kind of remember it. Oh, so you should have. Yes. But before I get there, I'll tell you a little bit about George Harrison. He was known as the quiet beetle. He was the youngest member in the band and Eric Clapton stole his first wife. Wow. And they may remain friends afterwards. Dang. That's harsh. Oh yeah. But I'm glad that they were friends. So maybe it was just a bad, bad choice, bad match. He also is kind of thought of as like the most underrated Beatle. Mm, I, you know what? George Harrison is quickly becoming my favorite. Also, between you and me and all the research I've ever done on the Beatles, I believe George Harrison is like the only one who has not beaten his wife. Oh, that's that's excellent. I like this guy. So he's kind of the good guy. And maybe that's partially because of his Hinduism. So he was originally born Roman Catholic. And he's known to have introduced the Beatles to the religion of Hinduism. In 1966, so this would have been almost a decade into being a Beatle, he went to India to study the sitar with Ravi Shankar. You know what? I do remember that story. Yeah. Because, yeah, it really did. He really did influence the sound of the Beatles after that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The sitar is in many of their hits, including Norwegian Wood. In 1966, did you know Ravi Shankar is Nora Jones's dad? No, I didn't. That is really crazy. Oh, yeah. I was a big, not, I was an anti Nora Jones fan when I was younger. Just randomly. I have no idea why. I mean, that one song played literally everywhere. Yeah, I think that was it. It was just too much. Yeah, at the time, I was saying the song is too much. And then I actually revisited it recently just for fun. I think I, maybe I was reading something about her or she was doing a comeback, something. But I re-listened to it and I'm like, you know, it is a pretty good song. I can, I can see It just that, sucks that. that. Yeah, they overplayed it. They overplayed the shit out of it. And then that was like the only song. I mean, that's the only song I can tell you Nora Jones did. Right, right. So while he was there, he met Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, which led him to getting into meditation and ditching LSD. Oh, that's interesting. I would have thought, I always, I guess I had assumed this would have been the start of the LSD, but that would have been earlier. Yeah. I mean, we should definitely do yeah, yeah. an LSD episode, but definitely came about in the late 50s and then blew up in the 60s, especially in artists, communities, so music, art, poetry, kind of like everybody was doing it. But there's more, I've heard multiple stories from people who got into Hinduism and more alternative religions who found meditation and then allegedly, I've never meditated this hard, but you can sort of simulate the effects of LSD through meditation huh. so right. a lot of there's i've heard that sort of story before i think ram das has something similar i don't know if he actually gave up lsd but he has a story about how powerful meditation is sure and i, I wonder if it is more powerful after you take lsd though is it oh like it more of a an effect creates some sort of serotonin yes opener it opens something up 
Yeah, that's interesting. I'll do some LSD and then I'm going to meditate and let you know. Yeah. So the story I wanted to tell you about our friend George Harrison here is that he has had, when he was alive, he has had his own murder attempt against his life. So you do know, I hope that you at least know, that John Lennon was assassinated. Yes, I do know that. And we know Paul is dead conspiracy. Yes. But this is George Harrison's own brush with death and murder before his actual death, which happened in 2001. Hmm. So on December 31st of 1999, Michael Abram, who was 33 years old at the time, broke into Harrison's Liverpool home at 3.30 in the morning. The home was known as Fort Knox to neighbors due to the high security measures, including powerful lights, video cameras, a razor wire fence, and electronically controlled gates. Now, is that necessary or is that paranoid? Up until this time, George Harrison, because it came out along with this news story, that he did have a lot of death threats. Okay. And I think most pop stars do. And I think that's yeah, just... I. Yeah, I would imagine so. So you kind of have to. It just comes with the territory. Exactly. This house sat on 34 acres and had 120 rooms. That's very crazy. So somehow Abrams was able to avoid security by scaling the fence. And he broke into the house by tossing a statue through the window. Doesn't seem uh, great. No. (laughs) Some might say bad. Yeah. He must have been very intent on breaking in. Yeah. I hope he got the deposit back for all for all those security measures not working. Right? Right? Yeah. What was that? Uh, ADT? <laughs> At the time, Harrison was 56 years old. And Abram was already notably obsessed with the Beatles. Similar to a man who murdered John. But like I said, I'll I'll give you more details on that in coming episodes. Abram's mother was interviewed shortly after the incident and remarked that her son used to be a heroin addict. And she claimed that he heard voices in his head and took all music literally. Oh, no, that sounds like a terrible plan. (laughs) I even read somewhere he was actually obsessed with Oasis first and then moved on to the Beatles. That's an interesting choice. He probably already at that point in time realized that the Gallaghers are probably just going to kill each other. (laughs) Yes, yes. Oh, man. Wow. He had to find an old defenseless band to go after. Uh, So, but, okay, no, I need to take a step back, though. Why do people want to murder celebrities? Usually, I think in most cases that I'm familiar with, the person's very unhinged. Okay. And I think part of with celebrityism is that you have this person that you don't know, but you see a lot. And then being unhinged and having familiarity with the stranger, I think, leads to creating maybe narratives that aren't there. Okay. I see. Yeah, I think that that sounds probable. Abram was mumbling something once he broke into the house. And the crash actually woke up George and his wife and they went to find out what had happened and George can hear him mumbling. So in an attempt to disorient 
his attacker, he shouted back, Harry Krishna, Harry Krishna. Uh, okay. I mean, devout Hindu here. Yeah, I guess. So the two begin to struggle and Mrs. Harrison comes in and hits the intruder in the head with a brass poker. And then he begins to attack Mrs. Harrison. Then it's all three of them in a struggle. Oof. Eventually, Abram gets it so that he stabs Harrison in the chest repeatedly with a six or seven inch knife, oh. which resulted in a punctured lung. Wow. The stabbing was just short of hitting his vena cava, a main vein that carries blood from the head, upper body, and arms to the heart. Oh. I always think like if you, f- they commonly say to women, if you fight back, they, they, attacker usually you know runs away or something like that so i guess in this situation this guy has come this far maybe he just keeps attacking yeah we're already this committed into it it's time to just lean in yikes oh let the good lord take over so olivia who is mrs harrison she then begins to hit the assailant in the head with a lamp which causes abram to drop the knife But then he takes the lamp and begins to swing it at her, which slashes her forehead, which resulted in stitches. Fearing that she was going to basically die, she starts to flee away from him. And luckily, at the start of all of this, a member of the house staff had called the police. So they showed up just as Olivia was trying to get away from this guy. Harrison is then rushed to the hospital. And he pulls through and his doctor says something about how all stab wounds are serious things. But luckily, this one wasn't too serious, meaning taking his life. Ooh, wow. Yeah, I would think so. Ah, I mean, how do you even, oh, I'm uh, stabbing someone more than once. Even the thought of it is really horrifying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I've been. <laughs> I've been in some violent episodes as a kid, having multiple brothers and sisters and making each other sort of unhinged. And I feel like there was always like a stopping point before you actually did do that kind of harm. So I can't, I can't really imagine going full violent into a human's body. Yeah. Yikes. So Harrison pulls through and him and his wife end up going to court and having to testify. That's where most of my information actually came from was reading some of the court statements. But in court, the prosecutor said that Abram believed the Beatles were witches who flew around on broomsticks. Subsequently, George Harrison possessed him and that he had been on a mission sent by God to kill him. Oh, no. And he saw George as a sorcerer and a devil. Uh, all right. Okay. So he's, <laughs> I, yes, that is quite unhinged. Abram was found not guilty by reason of insanity and committed to a psychiatric hospital where he stayed until the middle of 2002. That doesn't seem like a long time. That is not a long time at all. No, and he's back in the world, man. I don't like that at all. (laughs) I don't like that. That's three years. That's not, that's nothing. 
But if he was somewhere where he was getting real treatment, sure, and medicated, and probably, you know, you're kind of rehabilitated, right? Or that's the hope. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would just hope. I guess this is kind of now. It's like reflecting on Slender Man. I just. I feel like it would be helpful to kind of revisit these things, but maybe that's not how the justice system works and it shouldn't work like that. But how do you mean revisit? I like have a kind of have a probationary period after being committed. I was going to say he probably did. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. Yeah. Probably. He probably has. I'm sure it wasn't in what I was reading. But it's really common for these sort of cases where if somebody is let go because of, or let go, but gets a pass on a murder charge yeah. because of their mental stability, then I think it's usually there's a caveat that when they let them go that they have to do like a certain number of check-ins with a professional. That's good. I'm glad. Which our government is not a fan of. Really? But you could probably do that in Liverpool. Yeah. I think I think the English justice system is much kinder from what I've gathered than the American. Yeah, I mean, system. that makes sense as well. Harrison is quoted as saying about his assailant that he wasn't a burglar and he certainly wasn't auditioning for the traveling Wilburys. I don't have any context for that phrase so (laughs) harrison is a founding member of the traveling Wilburys, which i guess at this time they were kind of having a moment because in the band was also roy orbison bob dylan and tom petty that is a good band and i probably should know more about them oh yeah definitely i mean i know i've listened to them but i i nothing that they (laughs) together really stands out as much as their individual work i don't think i've heard of anything but maybe let's see if i can play a little clip here just so we have a little a little taste you know what i do have i feel like that's another uh band that my mom may have mentioned in the past if your mom's a, a big beatles fan which you mentioned in last week's episode, I think. She definitely was listening to this. Yeah, I bet I bet you're right. Also, my mom really liked Roy Orbison too. Not surprising. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, oof, Roy Orbison. I went through a phase where that was heavy on my playlist. So I'll play a little bit of Handle with Care. It's kind of one of their I think it's their biggest hit, but I'll give you a little taste here. Got some good riffs, boys. Definitely. Okay. I just realized Orbison was leading the refrain. (laughs) 
I definitely have heard that song. I definitely know that song. So great. See, you know them. Yeah. Yep. So like I said, Harrison actually died in 2001, November 29th, from throat cancer, and his ashes were thrown into the Ganges River in India. Oh, oh, this is so nice. How how old was he at the time? 2001? Sorry. It's, no, no, no. It's funny because it's like I think I... Oh, it's it's uh, 58. Okay. Because oh, it was two years after this. That is pretty young. Yeah. I believe he was like surrounded, like when he was going, they had him surrounded by a bunch of Hindu iconography and they were chanting. Wow. So those are two lesser talked about Beatles. And the next week, I believe I have a big old treat for you, pal. I am looking forward to it. It was good to get some knowledge about these lesser known Beatles. Sorry, that's a very loud helicopter in the background. Oh, I don't hear it. That's good. So that's the that's the history of these two guys, like I said. But uh, Molly, why don't you tell us where we could find your internet history? Wait, I, I never asked. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if you want to keep this in or not. Do you have a favorite Beatle? Uh, I think it's changed a lot over time as we have found out more about who the Beatles actually were and are. So right now, I definitely always argue that George Harrison is the best. Yeah. Because his music is good. And he had a very, seemed like healthy view on life. Yeah. And it seemed like he was kind to everyone. He was just quiet at the time because he was so much younger than the rest of the Beatles. I think that's a lot of what I was reading is that a lot of his being quiet more related to being a little bit intimidated. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And being so popular at such a young age. Yeah, that also makes sense. Um, I never, I don't know if I've ever really liked Ringo. I think I might've liked saying Ringo as a kid. Right. It's a it fun name. Very fun name. And... I don't know if I've ever cared for Paul McCartney, but then after his divorce filings, I was like, oh boy. (laughs) And kind of the same with John Lennon, where John Lennon was, and we'll find out more, but he was very outspoken, very anti-war, but his actions didn't always match his preaching. Definitely seems like that for sure. I'll let you know next week more about that. Okay, sounds good. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at MollyMM9. How about you? You can find me on the same platforms at Bridget underscore Suckit. You can find this podcast on those platforms at SexWithGhost underscore. On our social media, we do have a survey that we ask that you please fill out if you have the time. It's a very short, mostly multiple choice survey. Um, we do ask that you include an email. I don't care if it's a fake email, but if it's an email, we can reach you because we are doing a monthly raffle as a way to say thank you for taking the time to fill this out. So you do have a chance to win a little prize from us. You can review us on iTunes if you feel like it. And we have a Patreon where you can support us even more. So thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. Bye.
And then, of course, Eric Clapton. Yeah. Now, how did, I mean, obviously, you've known each other How forever. did I get to meet him? No, 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 but how did, right, how did you meet him? No, how did you decide? We shared the same wife. <laughs> That's a good beginning. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Eric, you know, I've been, <laughs> I've been friends with Eric for years, and I think I always will be. He's a lovely fella, and I love him very dearly. And he, I just call him up again, you know, doing an album, Eric, could he come and play? Sure, he came over, played great stuff, Devil's Radio, um, Cloud Nine. He does a nice little solo on the end of um, That's What It Takes, and also the other one, the Sex Side, called The Wreck of the Hesperus. I love that one. That's a really, is, is that about you saying I'm still here and kicking? Sure, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a wreck yet. <laughs> now, of course, Wingo's on drums. Yeah. And I would imagine there must be a particularly non-verbal... You couldn't make an ex-Beatle record without having Wingo, could you? I guess not, no. But you must have a real... I mean, in the old days, I know, just watching you, you would look at each other and you knew what you all wanted. And I would imagine that carries over. Yeah, it's, it's like a built-in thing. If I play a song to Ringo, I don't need to say to him, you know, I want it to go like this. I just play it and he joins in. You know, maybe you can tell him we want to stop there, you know, whatever. Or can you do a little fill there? But uh, other than that, he's, I mean, he's got a great feel. Ringo. He's like, I, I sort of don't practice much on a guitar. I just pick it up and play it when I need to. And he's the same. He's, he never practices. He's a very naughty boy. But he just gets his sticks and he just does it. And it sounds just like Ringo. And um, you can hold the rock steady all day long.